Lock Talk Radio. It ain't, again, it ain't got me in. I got to call. I'm still going to have to call in. Damn, I got to call in. Use your Google number. It ain't got me on it. Yeah. I just did. Yeah. Test mic. Waiting for a host. Why is it waiting for a host? I can't hear the music. I can't. Uh, push the, um, one again. See if it's saying something. Man, all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. It's your brother, Yang Nkrumah. I am so sorry. I apologize. I was attempting this new uh, system with uh, 
trying to get on here and figure out how I could do it without having to call it in and use it. And I'm, and I'm going to get it, brothers and sisters. I'm going to get it. But welcome to the show. Welcome to another Sunday. I'm like Rakim on this. It's been a long time since I've, since I've left you. So it's been a minute since I've spoken to the masses of people. It's been a minute since we've shared some things. Uh, so And like always, it's good to be able to come to you and to rap with you. And I appreciate you guys inviting me into your home and just spending this, spending this hour or so with me to be able to build. Life with COVID-19 and the effect it has on the black community. Mm. Why is this important? Super important because it's not as if being black in America wasn't stressful enough. Now you add in biological attacks. You add in the biological warfare. And this is nothing new. You know, I'm not, it doesn't surprise me. You know what I'm saying? Those of us that are history buffs, those of us that look back on history, we have seen that germ warfare has been practiced by this man since his, uh, in his even coming over here. To America, I'm making reference to the smallpox that were given to the Native Americans, the indigenous people in the in the blankets. Uh, diseases passed out under the guise of goodwill. You know, this devil is nothing to play with. Why he's mischievous, I tell you, he's been tricky in his in his treachery. So germ warfare is nothing new, but and so it isn't just the germ warfare that I'm watching. Uh, really ravish further black America, but it is the social ramifications, repercussions of COVID-19, the lack of government aid and assistance, and to me, one who knew that this country never really had the best interests of black people at heart. I don't care. Listen, I know we have veterans. I know we have people that served. I even know we have people who uh, really want to believe wholeheartedly in the goodness of America. And I can understand that after suffering the trauma and the brutality and the inhumane, or the inhumane treatment that we've suffered for years, it, 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 you know, it's a great fantasy to think that one day the very people who, if their family didn't physically have a hand in your enslavement, who benefit from your enslavement, who benefit from your second-class citizenry, if there's such a thing, from those who benefit from you being the dregs of society, the bottom of the social ladder, that I can't see them really including you to such a degree that they would allow it to affect their life. And here's how we know. Since COVID-19 has been going on, you know, um, they have been looking for contingencies for their medical equipment. What do I mean by contingencies? Well, Plan B, with their lack of respirators, their lack of masks, their lack of just supplies that's needed to combat this deadly disease. And one of the things in their contingency, as they do, as any people really should do, you should have a Plan B. I think that's only why. But when you're talking about a Plan B from this devil, then his Plan B never really, if it takes in the loss of life, it's going to be the loss of his people's life. So part of this plan B, I was hearing what the doctors were saying, they would have to make hard choices on who gets the medical supplies. I think that he was being polite or being politically correct when he said, oh, we're going to have to make these hard choices. I don't think it's as hard as they like to pretend that it is. You know who is going to get cut from the medical supplies. 
it will be black and brown people. And there's no surprise that this will happen. I think the surprise to me, and I don't know why I allow myself to continuously be surprised, but the surprise to me is the lack of preparedness that we as black people have. That is the, the biggest surprise, the lack of preparedness that we have. What must one do to show you that you are not welcome in his concept or their concept of the world? What must one do? to show you that you're not wanted. And yet and still we cry and we beg for inclusion. I think that we we fear exclusion, but we've been excluded, and we felt the pain of being excluded. We've gotten the least of. We've gotten the last of. We've gotten the worst of. We've gotten the bottom of. So we felt the effects of exclusion. They tell me that when you're on, when you're rock bottom and your back is against the ground or your back is against the wall, the only place to go is up. So there's nothing to be frightened of from trying to do things by your own merits, for your own people, for self-determination and complete and total independence. If not in the beginning, because we know that revolution, we know that this independence will be a process and not an event but to work towards the being an independent thinker at the very least. Once one frees their mind from thinking, once one's uh, thinking like their colonizer, once one frees their mind from being manipulated voluntarily or involuntarily, then they free their actions. Once the mind is free from following the footsteps of the devil, then your actions are free. And this is what we're talking about in COVID. You see, he's telling you how to respond and how to act and how you should fear this thing and how it's affecting us as a people and what we need to do. And all of this is fine and well, but at the end of the day, any knowledgeable, intelligent person belonging to a race of people will say, yeah, this is terrible for humanity, but how does it affect my people directly? And I have to know how it affects my people directly because I need to know how to respond. Too many of us are waiting for them to be our saviors. And this disease has not only ravished us health-wise, but when we look at the lack of government responsibility or government, uh, I don't even want to say accountability, but, yeah, responsibility is the word I'm looking for. When we look at the lack of the government responsibility to its people, we should really, I don't want to say be frightened, but take this thing a little more serious. We need to look at the the loss of work, the loss of income that we have suffered during this. And here's why it's important because of the loss of income, not just the immediate effect that it has, the lack of foodstuffs, the lack of everyday supplies that one needs to just live, not even comfortably, just uh, humanely. So we're not even talking about the, these immediate things, but we're talking about the inability to pay rent. And so your state may have suspended the eviction policies, but they haven't forgiven the rent. I haven't read anywhere where any state has forgiven rent. And when rent isn't forgiven, though you may have a pre, a reprieve, you may have a time allowed it yourself, 
You know, they're not putting the pressure on you. Who could stand the stress of having to uh, figure out how to pay rent and deal with all the quarantining themselves and everything and jobs shutting down? They, you know, very smart, these people. But rent not being suspended, what ends up happening, I mean, rent being suspended and not forgiven, what ends up happening is it piles up. So after the COVID, when rent kicks back in, you're going to have this pile up of people with past due rent, and namely black and brown people. So we're going to be looking at a displacement issue. We quite, we quite possibly could be looking at a mass homeless issue amongst black and brown people when this thing breaks. We're talking four or five months behind in rent. And even then, not having the ability to catch up. We're talking about life of COVID-19 and the effect on the black community. And then we're talking about not having the ability to catch up because we do know, uh, like I read somewhere in a report, that the jobs that were created after the recession due to this COVID-19, I forget how many thousands of them were lost. The businesses that had begun bringing us out of a recession, uh, how many of those businesses, those being new businesses, couldn't sustain during these times? So we're looking at a major drop in employment already, but never us regaining that momentum, especially in our communities. So we're talking about quite possibly a mass homeless problem due to the backed up rent and the lack of jobs. And the uh and, and, and so here before I move on to the subject from that, so that has to be addressed. Black organizations, we really have to begin to address our social policies. What are we going to do about our social issues, about the possibility of there being a mass homeless problem in the black and brown communities? The health issue that quite possibly might affect us again, they're opening up the city, the states, the country, the government is. And the government has to. We're living in a capitalist society where everything is paid for. Health wasn't free. We see that. Don't we see the terror, the tragedy that is taking place in New York? Don't we see the tragedy that is taking place in New York? And why do they say that? Oh, man, well, you know, why do you say that? The COVID thing, not just the lack of respirators and medical supplies and people who don't have insurance can't pay for the social conditions, poor health conditions, Poor, uh, poor insurance, poor medical coverage, the inability to get proper health care is really is what is called killing black people from the COVID-19. It isn't COVID-19. It's the poor health conditions that exist in our communities based on lack, based on lack, lack of nutrition, lack of knowledge, and lack of proper medical coverage in a capitalist system, in a capitalist society, where it says that the dollar bill is more valuable than human life in this society. And we see the effects of it. During major times, during times of crisis, we see the, the loopholes in a capitalist system from the people who suffer the most by a capitalist system, and that's its uh, poor masses, the proletarian and the lumpen proletarian, 
as they would call it politically, just meaning the working class and those below the working class, some will call them the hustlers, those who don't hold steady jobs and get out there and hustle. You see the effect that a capitalist system has on these people, and the majority of you finding these people are us, black and brown people, the working class and the below the working class. And we're the most affected by it, by this disease, lack of government responsibility during COVID-19. Are we going to address this? Are we going to say, hey, man, you know what? Is this going to be that thing that allows us to really look at our government and say, hey, you know what? These jokers don't care for us specifically and generally poor people. Poor people. They don't care for us specifically and generally. They don't care for poor people, and it shows in their lack of responsibility to the, to the people. No good health coverage. Hey, dislike Obama all you may. Hate him all you may. Oh, he didn't do nothing for black people, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But one of the things he did do for the American government was with that Obamacare. Dislike it all you want to dislike it. He began to implement policies that made health care affordable. And if you didn't like that, at least you Negroes was enjoying the phone. I've seen a lot of you Negroes running around with those Obama phones. Y'all kill me talking about that man. He gave you a phone. He still talk about him. I tell you. But say what we will. His health coverage, his health plan, to a degree, begin to reflect a communalist, socialist, and I hate to say that because his enemies love it. I told you he was socialist. But a coverage a plan that was affordable and beneficial beneficial for those that had been denied the basic essentials of health coverage, basic essentials, dental eyes, the things that make life comfortable for you, the things that make life not only comfortable for your children but help them in school when they can see, maybe if they can see what they're trying to read, the comprehension would rise. So, we find uh, that he tried to do those things. Now, with the ousting of that, with all of Trump's rhetoric, with his running on, I'm going to get rid of everything Obama did, essentially. This is what he was saying. And one of those things he targeted, it being what they had called Obamacare. And, and, and here's the damnedest thing. More Europeans and Caucasians, uh, the last I checked it, were receiving Obamacare than colored people. And one of the reasons, and I don't know this, I don't know this to be a statistic, but my opinion is because we know the relation between the medical community and black people. Black people don't trust doctors. So even when that was in place, a lot of us, I don't feel really had taken advantage of what uh, was put out there. So white people were the biggest recipients of Obamacare, and yet their arrogance and their white privilege uh, and their dislike for a man of color, for a black man, a biracial man, or any man with melanin in their skin, their hatred of him, their ignorance, allowed them to vote for someone who snatched that away and they're suffering just as bad as, 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 if not worse, 
than the black African in America. It's 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 funny. So we talk about this lack of government responsibility. The black man and the black woman must begin to come together and practice the communalism. I know not overnight will we have a government that addresses our every issue, our needs, that is able to protect its citizenship, that is able to afford its citizenship the things uh, that assures them not just a healthy life, but a life of prosperity. We're not at that point, but we can be a self-governing people. We can be a people who govern our personal health. We can be a people who are watchful for our brother and sister, who are informative to our brother and sister. If we know a thing, we share a thing. If we know something to be detrimental to black health, physical as well as psychological, and you notice to be actual factual, then we must be a communal people and take on the responsibility to say, hey, I have to inform my people. I know we don't want to hear it. I know we're not the easiest crowd to address. I know we're not the easiest crowd to get our point across to. We're very argumentative. We're very argumentative people. And I think historically, we, 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 if we haven't had, had to be that way, we were made that way by just constantly have, being under an attack for everything, for just physically being black to our intellectual property, for just saying a thought or having a genius, brilliant thought, we came under attack. So I, I think that became just a part of who we were as an African people in America. We are defensive. We are somewhat sensitive. We are constantly on the listen for the hook or crook, for the hustle, for the con in the, in the conversation. We're listening for it. But in, our, in, in, in this, we have to fight, and we have to become keepers of one another. We have to feel a sense of responsibility to one another because during this time, during the COVID-19, if any other time, I know at least in my lifetime, in my little 47 years, I have never seen a more blatant display of negligent, of, uh, not, of neglect, of just outright blatant disregard for people than now. So they lack health care. So with this lack of health care, what does the government do? The government, they open up the nation. And we know, I just spoke about in a capitalist society, who the frontline soldiers are, who the father is. And in a capitalist society, the frontline soldiers are you and I, the lay people, the everyday people, the proletariat. There again, there's that word again, brothers and sisters, proletariat the working class, on the front line, the ones that can't afford Medicare, the medical coverage, the ones whom I just finished speaking about, whom I just finished speaking about, those of us that are neglected medically, they put us out there first. I don't know. Is it some type of lab monkey experiment thing that's going on? Let's see how far along we are with COVID-19. Let's see how it affects. And 
and putting this out there first, it shows a disregard not just for your personal safety, brothers and sisters, but for your family. While they're still self-quarantined in their homes. Because remember, they can afford not to work. They can afford they've had 475 years, 500 years head start on you. And that's just a head start. It didn't mean it stopped. That's a head start. They continue to move. So this business owner, these factory owners, these big wigs in society, the elite, the upper class can afford to stay home, to distance themselves, to quarantine themselves, while you and I are out there running around trying to make ends meet. Endangering not just ourselves, but our families. Endangering not just ourselves, but our families. Why, this is a call we've always saying that we're at war. I constantly hear us say that we're at war. We're at war. Then we must begin to behave as it. And if we don't have a standing government now to give us rights and to protect us, then we must be a self-governing people. A self-governing people, I mean that literally and figuratively. I mean it literally like you must govern yourself. Do the right thing. Not only do you have an external enemy in this European in the way of this European. I'm not saying all you know, saying all white people are bad. I don't even get into those semantics. I'm talking about a white supremacist way. You have an external enemy. We also have an internal enemy that looks exactly like you and I, but is confused, and that confusion goes so far as to try to convince you that your love of black people, that your fight for empowering of black people and all oppressed people, but particularly black people, is a misdirected fight. You have internal enemies. So the governing starts with the self. We know these enemies, So uh, and also amongst that internal enemy, amongst your brothers, the internal enemy in you, that colonized self in you, that self that you know that self I'm talking about, that self that says, hey, this is destructive to my, whether it's the cigarettes, the drinking, whatever that we do. That self that says this is destructive to my person, but that devil way that has taught us everything is all right, says, but I enjoy it so. <laughs> Killing me is destroying me as a person, but I enjoy it so. That's nothing but the devil. So self-governing. And when we self-govern, we also Understanding self-governing, shedding the ways of the devil is in our approach to people. We don't approach with the supremacy. We don't approach with the arrogance. But we approach as a people with a concern and a love for other human beings, for life, for the earth, for animal, for all things, because we're revolutionaries. So we approach in a manner that we really want them to receive what we're saying. See, when you want someone to receive what you're saying, you become, you, you use wisdom in bringing the message across. When it's bigger than just your ego, when, it, when you really want them to hear you and to begin quite possibly to implement some of these good things 
that you're sharing, you try to find the wisest way to bring it across. In this time of COVID-19 in the black community, we must, we must become the keepers of one another. We don't have a choice in the matter. The world has turned against us. You have to be blind not to see what China is doing to the African. You'd have to be blind. The world has turned against us. And why I say the world turned against us? Well, they say, well, that's China. Because China was a revolutionary ally at one point in time. China was a revolutionary country at one point in time. China was friends with the black American, the revolutionary black American. China was a friend of liberation. China was a friend of freedom. China was anti-oppression. China was anti-imperialist. China was anti-capitalist. Now look what has happened to China. The world has turned against us. So knowing that the world has turned against us, it would only make sense for us to practice a form of communalism in our communities that prayerfully would grow into a uh, communalism that we could enact as a government or a communalism that will form itself into a government entity for the aid and benefit of black people in America. This is, this is where COVID has brought us. Real questions, real questions, and prayerfully, it will begin to galvanize the more serious amongst us to really work together to seek out real solutions, real answers. You constantly heard me. Those of you that know me have heard my rant. You know I'm one who is always ranting against sensationalism. I'm always ranting against the big upping of self. You know me. You've heard me. Now more than ever, it's imperative that we step on that a little bit, brothers and sisters. We quell that. Just a notch. I'd say more than a notch, but if you can't handle more than a notch, at the very least a notch. The time for self is done. The time for self is over. You know, I'm sorry, let me find them. So this is this is what we're looking at. We also find sorry, brothers and sisters, you know, as we move, as we go. So we find it's time for self over. The other thing that we have to look at that we have to take in consideration is and please bear with me while I find you. Trying to find a, a good spot. That we have to take into consideration as we uh, okay as we live, move into an era of this life with COVID and the communalism and the looking out for one another is the other attack that we constantly come under. With this COVID, we've already and have always been physically targeted. 
We've always been physically targeted. The other problem we have to face now is our enemies have another pretense to further harass us, to further murder us. I haven't, thank God, I haven't uh, personally heard of a murder for someone wearing a face mask, but I have seen the videos of the beatings. I have seen the videos of brothers and sisters being put out of stores because their identity is covered, because people can't see them. I've seen the videos where police officers have forced black men to place themselves in harm's way by removing their mask at the whim of some sick freaking fantasy or desire or perversity of some pig. So we're dealing with this double dose of things during COVID-19. How do we address this issue? Then again, let's point out the deficiencies that I do. And I don't like to stay on the deficiencies. I'm not one of those black men. I like for us to come up with a plan, for us to, to come up with something that we can do. See, we can, we can sit and we can talk about the problems all the time, but what are some of the solutions? See, the deficiency of this is the lack of black businesses. When you don't have businesses, people don't want to service you. They have in their laws, the right not to service you. They can ask you to remove your mask, to expose yourself to deadly viruses for their safety. They don't care about your safety. And not even for their safety, because your intention is not to cause them harm for their peace of mind. They will ask you, you and I, to place yourself at harm's risk for their peace of mind. And since we don't have anything, now I'm left with the choice of exposing myself to deadly viruses or getting some milk for the babies. The need for us to be self-sufficient, if it hasn't been apparent before now, it shouldn't be any more clearer. This should have shown us what happens when you're at the mercy of other people. Wake up. What more has that? Listen, listen to me, listen. They were killing us, killing our men, wholesale, killing us. The killings, the murders being captured on videotape, and we have a brief outcry. We have an uproar. We riot. We might riot. We protest. We picket. And it fades off into memory. Remember Mike Brown. How many of us still scream that? How many of us still scream, I can't breathe? Sandra Bland. Murders. Caught on tape. They murdered us. And we would have the usual response. We're at war. They're murdering the black man. And it fade off into oblivion. 
They started snatching our women. Sex trafficking. Our women and children, the most precious resources in the black community, in any community. Everybody knows it but us. Ask any people. Their most precious resources are their women and children. They begin to kidnap our women and children. Sex trafficking. We made a cry about it. Some Facebook posts. I know a few brothers and sisters that we're out looking for. We did what we did and it faded off into oblivion. Do you think that they have stopped sex trafficking? Do you think they have stopped the abduction of our children and our women for perversities, for only God knows the sick, wicked things that they're doing to our women and children? You think they stopped that? Do you think they stopped it? No. It just faded on into oblivion in our memory. And now, a biological attack has been waged against the black man and the black woman and the black child. I don't care if it was deliberate or non-deliberate. I don't really care about the theories on how it came from here or where it came from. Not to the degree that I'm stuck. They're very interesting. But I don't care to the degree I'm stuck. It is here. What I do care about is the effect that it is having on the black community. What I do care about is the effect that it is having on us. And the fact that I don't see it. I'm not God. I am one who believes in God. So I'm not God. I'm not the all-seeing or the all-knowing. It's like, Yang, who are you? You don't have to see what's happening to the but it should be more of a noise of some of our most intellectual minds, some of our most militant staunch figures coming together to say if no other time in history, then now we have to come together and we really have to make a declaration to the United States of America and to all that would get in bed with her for the demise of the black man here in America that it is. We can't take any more death. What do you got to fear? What do you got to lose? They're killing you anyway. It is. What do you got to lose to stop buying their products? When they're killing your people. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose to start being studious about the things that you do? And when I mean studious, I don't even mean like college-level studious. Just inform. Stop doing dumb stuff. What do you have to do? What do you have to do to know that you can no longer afford black men and black women, and I know I'm going to get in trouble for this one, afford to be apathetic towards politics? Are you an idiot? Do you still feel like You don't need to be involved in politics. Oh, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those brothers and sisters screaming about what the hell they're going to do 
what you're going to do if they come through and try to make me vaccinate this and that. Man, you got children, you got wives, if you even do that without all of that. When it's something as simple as being informed, knowing that Bobby Rush of Chicago, Illinois, uh, made a motion for H.R. House Resolution 6666, which is the vaccination. He's advocating for mandatory vaccination. Bobby Rush is the thing that threw me. Bobby Rush is what they call an original panther. But your apathy to politics doesn't allow you to know, and if you do know, won't motivate you enough to get out there and try to put a stop to it. You ain't going to shoot nothing, nigga. Not that I'm telling you to. Just know what half of you won't do. But you won't even be informed, even if you don't vote, drive somebody to the polls. You complain about Trump, you can all vote and don't do nothing. You wouldn't know because you've never done it. It may not. It may. It may not. But what it does do on an international scale, especially during times like COVID-19, when revolution, which is inevitable, strikes the people, then the world can see that the people have tried to free themselves by any and every means necessary. It will no longer, they can no longer hide under disguise of civil rights. They can no longer hide under, we try to give our people this, we try to give our people that, and they didn't participate in their own freedom. They can't hide under that. In fact, the only way they hide under it now is because we allow it. The world knows and sees the treatment of the black man and the black woman over here, and now more than ever. And now more than ever, it's time to reevaluate our life. It's time to reevaluate our life. I know some spiritual people, like I said, again, I'm a person who believes in God. I don't know how over in the religious realm I go, but I know some spiritual people say, hey, man, this is, hey, Yanga, this is end times. This is a sign of the times. And listen. I don't know how that particularly works out in your religion, but I, if we don't get our stuff together, I would agree. It is already looking bad for us. So what are some of our solutions? Listen, my phone lines are open. I'm your man, Yanga, Chairman Yanga Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. We're talking about life with COVID-19 and how it affects the black community. My line's open. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how it has affected you. Maybe you have some solutions for what's going on. Maybe you have an idea, you know, and you and, and you have some solutions for us. I'd love to hear your take on it. I mean, do you know people that are still playing around, that, that, that hasn't taken it serious, that hasn't changed a beat? Yeah, they may be going into quarantine. But the way they operate is still the same. You see, it's more than just about going in quarantine. This is about the whole operational procedures of black people. Now is the time to wake up, to take a serious look at what the hell is going on. With, we invite you, the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, listen, I have to make a plug. We invite you to come on over. Come in. 
get with us. We're not only are we strategizing to come up with solutions, but we're getting to the point where we want to start taking direct action. If those actions be helping to uh, get masks out or spreading information about the COVID or helping to get information out about AIDS centers where people can go to get AIDS, I would advise organizations to begin to look at getting buildings and to begin to address this housing crisis that we're beginning to face. The health crisis that now we see is major. That our health mechanisms, that the health in the community was not a major part. We're pushing, listen, here's what gets me. I, I have to say what gets me, my pet peeve, is it's like our inability to adapt. We don't have any adaptability. The war has taken a turn probably since the 1960s, 70s. I'm not saying that physical attacks against the black man and the black woman have ceased, but I don't know if they were as blatant or as open. A lot of times now they're being caught on, on camera, but we're talking about the 60s and 70s where these devils would roll up, where pigs were murdered. The reason that the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, under the leadership of Chairman Bobby Seals and uh, Defense Minister Huey uh, P. Newton, was founded, that type of tyranny, that type of oppression, that type of suppression, I don't know if we have really seen that since that time. But what amazes me is though the war changes, like now we're in a biological war, our ignorant selves still try to, I mean, we're still coming with like the guns and the BDU. We're still trying to make it that type of war. It is that type of war, but it's, yo, if that, that's the only front we're fighting on, doesn't this show our lack of administrative our administration our lack of administration and our lack of other mechanisms in our movement, developing and strengthening other mechanisms in our movement? They say, Yanga, what do you mean? The lack of administration. We don't have an administrative network that works with one another enough, that was organized enough or capable enough to, to, to establish supply lines and supply routes. You can have all your military, you can have all your BDU. You can, if you don't have supply lines, supply routes, depots, rest stops, A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, man, it's all for not. It's all for what it, what, what, what it is, some Facebook likes. So our lack of administrative power, our inability to organize, our inability to come together for that purpose of just uh, um, organizing on administrative power, on the ability to administer and to administrate and organize this thing. That's one. Secondly, still trying to fight this fight uh, I would like to call it conventional warfare, but I can't even call it because we don't have a standing army. I, I don't know what I would call it. But to have this to fight this fight on this grounds and not I mean it did make practical sense. This is how Everybody knew, even the revolutionaries, knew that it was about sensationalism. Because now in the health crisis, 
we don't have a proper health mechanism. So how did we even really entertain the thought of thinking that we had a strong militia, let alone an army, without a, a, a medic unit? You got an army and can't nobody dress gunshot? Can't nobody, man, can't pull a hangnail? Remove a splinter? And it shows our deficiency in creating proper health mechanisms during this health crisis. What is our life like with COVID-19? I don't think this is uh, a time to beat us up. It's not even a time for us really to be down on ourselves with so much going on, but to really be reflective and to practice self-criticism in the most healthiest way, to say, hey, look, Caught us with our pants down on the health thing. We should have had health mechanisms pushing health just as much as we got Negroes in the bushes with guns. Training. Proper eating, proper diet. Proper eating, proper diet. Proper this, proper hygiene. Health. And I'm willing to guarantee had we had proper health mechanisms, had we had proper health training, some of these COVID cases wouldn't have been caught because something as simple as washing your hands, covering your mouth when you sneeze, things you and I were taught when we were young could have prevented some of the uh, uh, infections, some of them. So just common health things that, that can be taught. We didn't emphasize on that. There again, one of the 10-point platform in the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party, and especially the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination, one of our points is we want decent housing fit for a human being. I'm telling you, take my words, there's going to be a housing crisis. And this is an issue or a point in our 10-point platform and program. How many amongst the many Panther parties are addressing the housing issue that we have before the one that is coming hits us? It's just a heads up. Our platform, our 10-point platform and program speaks volumes. It's a political manifesto as well as just some things that any free people, free loving people, say is essential to have for their natural evolution. And housing, decent shelter, decent housing, fit for the shelter of a human being, is an essential. It's one of the three necessities, food, clothes, and shelter. And we're going to wait till this time comes upon us and see the mass eviction, the people who couldn't pay their rent, the babies in the street, the sisters in the street, the brothers in the street. And you know what happens if you don't have communalism and you have homeliness and hunger then you have criminalism. And this is what I know. I don't know if this is what the state wants, but I know it will be a, a, a plus because part of the capitalist system is the prison industrial complex. And then you're going to have Negro on Negro violence. So it's a boom. It's a boom. Hell, it may, it may boost the economy back. People may start investing in prisons again. The thing is, when you see it coming, when you see the train coming, when you hear the whistles and bells and the railroad track is closing, 
and the lights are blinking. Do you stay on the tracks? I think this is the question. And maybe we stay on the tracks for a a lack of knowledge in which direction to go. You know? You know how when you don't know where to move, you don't move. You hold still. But holding still in this instant will kill you. Still now will kill you. Why you rather move in the wrong direction than not move? Get out of the way. Move. That's why it's called the movement. They tell me if it doesn't move, it's dead. Excuse me. If it doesn't move, it's dead. So they're telling us to move. And this is the time for it. This is the time that we have to get together and evaluate our everything and put forth an effort. Hey, listen, like always, I'm coming to my hour close. It has been wonderful. Listen to me. I know it's been a while. I plan on bringing you more. Um, so stay tuned. Listen to the radio. Check out our cheese stuff. Wars up there, Sister Seven, with the radio. Just tons of things going on, but now more than ever, stay in tune, be attentive. Listen, be safe out there, brothers and sisters. Be safe and love one another. Love one another with a sincere love. Love one another as you would love yourself. As you would love yourself. Just practice love, you know. Get back to practicing compassion, practicing empathy. Feel for your people. And I think once we do this, then, like I said, to me, it all starts with thought, feeling, and then actions follow. Thoughts, feelings, actions follow. We're in perilous times, brothers and sisters. We're in a pandemic. You know, black people are so traumatized. We've we've gone through so much that I think sometimes, the magnitude of a thing takes a minute to hit us if it ever hits us at all because we've been through so much. It's like, okay. Yeah, nigga, okay. Do you know? Pandemic. No, no, bro, for real. We're in a pandemic, y'all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Life has changed. Life has changed. And this doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing for us. It's a difficult thing now, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Let's rebuild from it. Let's rebuild from it. They've made it clear. It doesn't get any clearer. After Donald Trump and COVID-19, shit, it shouldn't be no clearer. Now, President Trump, I should say, after President Trump and COVID-19, it, should, it doesn't get any clearer. And so now here's the opportunity. We've always had the opportunity. This awareness, we should have the motivation now. A little more motivation for those of us that were motivated and for those people that were never motivated to aid and assist black people and power black people. Now should be some motivation to really begin to do for ourselves. If that starts out right now, not listen, time is of the essence. But if now it starts out with a group of brothers and sisters sitting and conversating about what they're going to do, start there. But start somewhere. Listen, I'm out. With that, I'm going to thank everyone who listens, spend their time to listen. Uh, catch me next time. I don't know if anybody – see, my screen didn't work, so I don't even know if anybody did push one. Catch me next time. So if you tried to get in, my screen – I was having difficulties. 
Um, and I'm sorry that I didn't see your call because I can barely see my screen. But catch us next week when my screen will be up and working and everything will be right. With that, I leave you as I greet you. All power to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power.